Welcome back to Double Dutch. I'm your host, Joav Rosendahl, a current senior. I'm super excited to continue to showcase unique experiences from different people across the collegiate community. Make sure to stay tuned to hear great advice and stories from students, alums, and faculty. Welcome back to this year's episode of Double Dutch, I guess it's been a while. Today, we're jumping in with Mr. Prince, and we're going to talk about his first year at Collegiate, what he's done, what he hopes to do in the coming years, and his relationship with the student body. So why don't you take us through your background and I guess why you first came to Collegiate? Yeah, so thanks for having me. Really excited to uh, be on uh, Double Dutch. I think this might have been one of the first kind of artifacts about Collegiate that I got a chance to uh, listen to a past recording, which was a lot of fun. So my name is Andrew Prince. I was born and mostly raised in the Bay Area, Alameda and Oakland, California. I uh, went to Harvard for undergrad, taught in Texas for a year, taught in Montclair, New Jersey for four years, went to Columbia's Teachers College and got my master's. Then I was at the Taft School as their lead DEI practitioner before coming to Collegiate. I live with my partner, my wife, Courtney Smith, my son, who uh, was born in August of this year, Austin, and our two dogs, Ginsburg, who is a purebred St. Bernard. And if anyone ever tells you that St. Bernards are big, fat, lazy dogs, that's not necessarily true. We've got a 160-pound ball of energy. And our older dog, Toby, my first dog, who I, both of whom I have deep, uh, deep affection for. You know, I'm, I'm at Collegiate for, for a number of reasons. One, I, I think this is a really exciting time uh, in the school's history. And I get a sense that's part of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. You know, moments of, of change are often scary and fraught and can be really difficult. And I believe when they are managed well, it doesn't get rid of that stuff, but it can lead to some exciting new possibilities. And that's what I see. And that certainly is a, a big part of the appeal for me. I think the other thing that, that really excited me, or one of the other things that really excited me about Collegiate, is the opportunity to work with folks primarily who identify uh, as boys. You know, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done to help boys, people identify as boys, and, and those who identify as men, to figure out how to navigate this world, the privilege we have, I have, as a result of that identifier. And the last thing I'll say is that, you know, it's about the people. Uh, I firmly believe that, that most institutions and schools especially are about their people. And it was clear to me from my first meeting with Mr. Laurie to getting to meet the faculty and eventually getting to meet students in a number of different capacities, that the people here are outstanding. And, and what I've learned is the breadth and depth uh, of different kinds of expertise that one finds just kind of casually walking around this school is just so impressive and enjoyable. It's one of the things that really gets me excited to come to work on a daily basis. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I, I, I say every now and again that you, nobody's run me out of the building yet, which I'm, uh, which I'm ever grateful for. And, and I've really enjoyed this year. So you, you kind of touched upon change. And I mean, over the past three years, especially, as you said, yeah. our community has gone through a lot, a lot of self-reflection. And yeah. as students, as faculty, as administration, everyone has. And as that result, I mean, in the past three, four years, our location has changed. Yep. Our mascot, our motto, and just a lot of other smaller things. And you kind of jumped in right in the middle of this. Yeah. So how do you think that that change kind of shaped your early collegiate experience? Yeah, well, as, as I suggested uh, at the start, and this is a truism, but I, I don't I don't think we can not say it. Change is difficult, you know, and it's it's anxiety inducing, it's threatening, and and one of the things we know, and I mean, I think they know in a lot of spaces, but we know in education, is that threats 
be they physical threats or emotional threats, have real and quantifiable effects on people. So I think that one of the things that I, that's a thing I've had to be aware of and I've tried to keep at the front of my mind and I, I hope or I've tried my best to, to understand that, be supportive of that, you know, as I've gotten a chance to interact with folks, to understand that this is a really difficult moment and that while I'm certainly invested in this community, my level of investment here after eight months is different from when did you start collegiate kindergarten yeah right i I cannot possibly have the same level of investment at this point as you do so that's just going to operate differently and i and i think that you know one of my primary goals this year has been to try to listen and learn And, and i think that that given the moment that we're in that has been even more important because you know not only is part of my job to help to guide change. It's also to understand the impacts that that has on the various constituents in the upper school community. So I like listening. I like learning about people. I think that the wisdom, the expertise, the guidance, the new things I learn from folks are some of the best things in my life. And the things I'll take with me, you know, anywhere I go. Not to say that that's a burden, and it's just paramount uh, of paramount importance given what's been going on uh, here this year. And, and in the past few years and what's going to be happening in the coming years. So you talked about kind of like the, the different types of investments that everyone mm-hmm. has and how the students have more, a little more because they've been here for longer. And I know that a lot of students believe that the new administration is going to come into collegiate. They've kind of like jumped in, not knowing much about the school. Mm-hmm. And they've tried to change the way things are done. And as you said earlier, change is very important, but it also does come with these sacrifices. So do you think that too much is being sacrificed? especially, I think, towards targeted at collegiate culture in that sense? You know, too much, it's a kind of a difficult thing to put to put a finger on. I think there are some things that are non-negotiable, right? Health and well-being are non-negotiable. And I know we're going to talk about this a little, a little later, but, you know, one of my, and I've said this to you all as students and seniors in particular a number of times, one of my big regrets is that so much of our early relationship just you and I, but also my relationship with students and my relationship with the seniors in particular was shaped by COVID. Yeah. Because when it came to mass compliance, there was no wiggle room. Yeah. My job is again is to help keep folks safe. And and did I want to be the mask enforcement person or part of that group? No. I mean, gosh, I didn't get the schools and education because I enjoyed doing that. And there's just no choice when it comes to your health and well-being. Yes, agreed. So there's that part, and that certainly has has impacted us. And I, you know, that's a part of the change that I think is non-negotiable. And there are other things too. I, you know, I, I know that the closing of the student set at the start of the year was a big thing culturally, and I understand it's a little different than folks approached that in the past, possibly. And for the record, <laughs> to set the record straight. It was not because there was a a necklace outline of the male genitalia on the wall. While that's something that certainly needs to be discussed, that wouldn't merit the closing of the student center. There were some pictures up there that that were inappropriate in the way that they commented on folks of another gender, and in that they were taken without consent. And when it comes to gender identity, when it comes to identifiers, when it comes to belonging, when it comes to consent, there's no wiggle room on that either, in my mind. Now... 
the non-negotiables out there are, are pretty limited. And I hope that that has been something that folks, in my mind, and I hope that that's been something that folks have felt as the year has worn on. Yeah, no, I think as the year has gone on, yeah, we've become more comfortable that, with it. You know, I, I, th- this is this is your school, students and faculty and staff. And am I a, a part of this? Absolutely. Do I view myself, and you know, do I view my role as helping to facilitate? change that we think is appropriate collectively? Yes. Am I the sole arbiter of what change is appropriate? No. Am I one of a small number of folks who should be making those decisions? Absolutely not. And I think if you look at, so, you know, if you go back to the student center thing, if you look at the way that progressed, it was, hey, we can't do this. We need to close this down. Now, students, you come up with the rules for the space that are going to govern how you interact in there. Yeah, I remember after also the elevator incident just happened. It was it's up to us to kind of like yeah. come up with what we should do to fix I, I, it. And yeah. I know that students have been a lot more involved this year, especially student gov, in kind of like coming up with ways to fix what we have done. And as you use a lot of the words, of, I guess, fixing the community yeah. and stuff like that. I know it's been a lot of student help in that. Absolutely. I, you all, any large group of people, I mean, if you can get past the logistical challenges, the more folks you have involved, the more different perspectives, the more different ideas, the better off we're all going to be. You all at this point know the school community a lot better than I do. So you're going to have a better sense of how to adjust and fix things. Again, I, I view my role as saying, hey, here's an issue. By the way, I think we can all agree that this is a problem. How do we solve this? So, you know, to get back to kind of the original question of sacrifice, yeah, there are some things that, again, I, I just don't view as, as questions. I don't view them as options. We have to do that. But beyond that small set of things, the direction the school is going to take, that's a communally orchestrated, designed, decided thing. How are we going to get there? Can I be helpful? Do I have some thoughts about how these kinds of things tend to go? Yes. Am I going to have the only set of options there? Absolutely not. And and really, again, part of part of what I, what I really enjoy about my role is I get to partner with so many different people on so many different things and coming up with novel solutions informed by experts. And I'm pointing at you as representative of the student body, right? Experts in this community. I, that's just cool. And when we get it right... Yeah. It's, I mean, it's tough to beat that. Yeah, so on that relationship with the student body, and I want to especially go into kind of like the senior grade, because yeah. that's been a lot of what it has been this year, like uh, trying to find like that power dynamic and that yeah. balance between it. So on that relationship, it's kind of been constantly at odds with the administration, or so it's been, that's what it seems like at sure. least. So what would you say is kind of like the cause for that? And how would you describe your relationship with the student body? Also, how do you build relationships with the student body? Yeah. So again, I, I mean, I think I think part of part of the reason it's felt like we've been at odds is because COVID again has has dictated so much of of, of what we've done. I mean, I, you know, I've had a lot of conversations about mass compliance clearly, and I again, I. <laughs> If I never have to tell a student or anyone else to put a mask on and for the rest of my life. I mean, look, now we're talking right next to each other with no masks exactly. on. Exactly. So. It, it'll, be, it'll be too soon. You know, I, COVID and the policies and granted, I mean, it, po- school policies, but school policy informed by city policy, state policy, national policy, limited things like the opportunity to replicate something like Shelter Island for the seniors, which I deeply regret. And I wish, God, I wish we could have done that. And I, and I hope you all know that. So, so I think that a lot of a, a lot of our early interactions were about things that, again, where there's no wiggle. And that was part of the reason, from my perspective, that it felt like students were frustrated. And believe me, I understand. I mean, I, I can't go through it. I don't know exactly what you're feeling, but I get it. And from my perspective, and, and I'd be interested to hear if you think this is the same, it has felt like that, 
you know, as we have found more things on which there is wiggle, and as we have found more things on which we can agree and which we can move forward on, that relationship has changed. Completely agree. Yeah. Now, look, is there always going to be a little bit of friction between students and admin? Yeah. I mean, I take that as a given. And that's fine. It's healthy, frankly, because it's in the moments of friction. It's in the moments of disagreement and discomfort that I think we can come up with some cool new stuff to do. And that's do. where the most, most growth comes through. Yeah, exactly. Through so I don't, I don't view that as necessarily problematic. I do hope <laughs> that some of, the, some of the tension that we experienced at the start of the year, that level of tension is not something we go back to. Because yeah. I, I do think that was, uh, I do think that was, if not imposed, then certainly um, influenced by things outside of our collective and yeah. individual control and on building relationships with students i mean I, I just again you know whether it's talking with uh custer about the the blog that that he runs or tyler gong about the long board that that he's building patrick Chagoda stopped in the other day to tell me about his independent math study on i think chaos theory and sorry patrick if i'm getting that wrong because it was a little over my head i just like to learn about you all yeah. you, you you know the students in the school in particular evidence and expertise in so many different things that i just haven't found in a ton of schools that it's just fun to sit down and listen to you all talk about the things that you know and you do to sit in classes and see the material that you're learning to watch you whether it's on the athletic fields or in the auditorium or otherwise do what you do i mean that is fun and and it's those pieces of yourselves that you know i, I get to learn about and ask you about and it's the pieces of, of myself that that i get to share whether it's you know my joy of my enjoyment of baseball or the las vegas raiders my my dogs or my wife and my son coming into the building which they done and and now that COVID is kind of is becoming mitigated i hope they'll get a chance to say hello more and i think a big part of that also is a lot of that happens behind closed doors that yeah. most people don't see exactly and they're unable to be like okay like what is he doing to kind of like create these relationships but like, most people don't know because it's all behind closed doors all in your office kids coming in yeah. kids working on those because it's it's a two-way relationship it's not just one exactly way. and, and I, hey no doubt i need to get out there more and do more and and i and i know i can do a better job of that and I really believe a lot of that's going to happen in the one-on-one -on -one moments when I just get to talk with people and learn about them I and agree. share the parts yeah. of myself. Yeah. So continuing on that part of like the relationship with the yeah. student body, what was your, I guess, what were your goals? Like when you first started the head of the upper school, like what is something that you really want to like continue in the school? Like what were your goals when you came here? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I shared this as the start of the year and I actually was, I spoke at an alumni council event early this week and I, and I shared this again. It was nice to think about it again, but you know, I, the five things I really hope for, for students that you all are, are healthy and that's both physically and mentally and understanding that the mental pieces, well, no, both pieces, physical with COVID and mental with COVID are particularly difficult at this moment that you all find happiness. And again, not happiness all the time. We can't be happy all the time. It's moments of sadness and and the associated emotions that, that I think punctuate and accentuate our, our moments of happiness and joy. You know, I want to I want to help you all find success and success as you define it. And success, I, I think there are a number of different de definitions of that. And that was particularly uh, apparent this alumni council meeting with folks of so many different backgrounds. Yeah. You know, I really want you to have positive and healthy and happy relationships of any different kind with other folks, because I really believe that life is about people and the people we meet and the people who enrich and fulfill us. You know, and I want you to make the world a better place. So, so you know, my goal has been to to try to facilitate those kinds of things. You, you know, if that's going to be kind of the theme, a theme for me in any given year, this year is about learning. 
and continues to be about learning. You know, I've been sitting in uh, on classes. I try to talk to as many different community members about their experiences as, as possible. Actually, Max Brunner just stopped in and was my first senior exit interview. Seniors, uh, I'm sending emails about exit interviews. Please stop in because I want to learn from you. And I think anytime you're in a new place, learning is vitally important. You know, I cannot be effective in my job, which, by the way, I view as supporting faculty and staff and students, all community members and what they want to do and what the things, the goals they want to achieve. I cannot support folks effectively without knowing people and knowing this place. And then the final thing that I heard a lot about from students and I still hear about, you know, is 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 helping to think about culture and school culture and how it is we create opportunities for students and faculty and staff to gather together and, and be in fellowship with one another and really learn from one another and enjoy one another. And I know these, I mean, I, I know these things are small, but like, God, it made me so happy the day we had the club fair outside in yeah. the first semester yeah, and everybody was together hanging out. Like, that was cool. We need to do that more. I loved it. I've loved it when we've had ice cream and donuts. And again, I know ice cream and donuts are the be all and end all, but it, it's not so much the food as it is the opportunity the for people to be also. together. The day that the soccer team played and we streamed it here, I know people wanted to be there. And again, but we found a way to go I, around. Yeah, exactly. I really wanted people to be there too, but we found a way around it. And that was just so much fun. I know the result wasn't what we wanted, but to be together scattered. doing yeah. that was great. So I, so that's, you know, that's, that's a big part of what I, what I think about a lot is how to, again, how to facilitate folks being together and enjoying one another. Yeah. I think all of that kind of culminates in the idea of growth. Yes. And just not growth on an individual level, but on a communal you level. Know, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. How do we grow together as yeah, a community? Exactly. So, what is your vision for collegiate as we continue that growth? Yeah, I mean, so uh, again, I, I think it's the the continued variety of expertise and experiences that are the hallmark of this community. I think is one very big part of it. Another part of it, really, this is a question and something I want to learn more about. What are the things that tie us together and clearly you know it's the it's the the new mascot it's the motto it's the alma mater it's those things but you know what are the common beliefs that we share what are the common principles that we have you know one of the things that really drew me to the school was was the very forward thinking nature of the open letters and i take that to be a statement in some ways of who we are as a community how do we flesh that out more? How do we see that enacted on a day-to-day basis? Those are the kinds of questions I'm really interested in. So, you know, I, I, I am going to be really excited uh, in the coming years to sit down and think about those kinds of things with people. What do we believe all collegiate community members should be exposed to, should think about, should talk about, should ask questions of? Not that we're all going to believe the same things, mind you, but what should our shared experiences be? be such that we can really continue to tie this entity together. Do you think that it's part of your job to kind of like inspire students to kind of like think of that change and think of that growth? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Where do we ask students to think about that? What opportunities do students have to, to take part in that kind of conversation? How can I facilitate that? And again, not that it's just me, but how can I help faculty members and staff, student leaders, everyone facilitate those kinds of interactions? I absolutely view that uh, as a key part of my job. And again, I want to be clear, right? I don't I don't believe it's my role to come up with those things. Yeah. And I see them already, right? I see them in the open letters. I see them in the activism uh, of the student of the student government students uh, in general. I see it in 
in the spirit that comes out uh, in athletic contests or the way that you all congratulate one another after a performance in the arts. I mean, I see those things and, okay, this is what I observe, right? Let's all get together and talk about this in a way that hopefully leads to doing that in a more intentional way. Uh, that kind On a of larger really, scale. Uh, yeah, larger scale, absolutely. And it optimizes those efforts and our abilities. So what do you think that through like you trying to inspire all this growth in the school and like talk to students, what do you think is like a commonly held belief about your role as the head of the upper school that you disagree with? So I certainly, again, I, I know this was part of the conversation at the start of the year. I, I don't know the sense, I don't have a sense of how much it's still the case, but gosh, I, you know, I, I do not want to be, or I don't view myself as this iron fisted person who's going to come in and be uber authoritarian and tell yeah. people how they have to do things. Like, that's just not me. You know, I, I like to ask questions. I like to learn. I like to think together with people. You know, do I have intuitions at the outset of things? Absolutely. I, I bring my own opinions and expertise and opinions and experiences rather to, to the work that I do. But if someone comes up with a good idea, I, I'm never going to say no. And I'm always happy to change, especially when I'm wrong. So I guess that's, that's, one, that's one part of it. Again, I, I think the other part is that, you know, the idea that whatever changes are taking place are, are born purely of my, my opinions or those of, of others kind of in a small circle of folks. Uh, you know, I, gosh, I, I, I've really enjoyed getting to know this place, reading journal articles, listening uh, to, this, to this podcast, reading the open letters, uh, talking with alumni groups, talking to faculty, staff, students, parents. Uh, you know, I, I, I view, I really view myself as a, <laughs> I, I shouldn't do sports analogies all the time, but I want to be a you know, point guard, right? A facilitator. Yeah. I want to help other people be their best. And, and part of that is listening to folks and trying to help reflect back to them the kinds of principles I see in their thinking. And then, okay, so this is what we believe. How do we go about doing this? Yeah, I mean, as a senior, I think a lot of my friends and I and my entire grade, we've also been thinking a lot about those same things yeah. because we have, what, four weeks to graduation, I think? So from today, we have four weeks until your until last, last day, half last, day of school. Yeah. Five weeks would be graduation. So I know we've also kind of just been thinking about like, like the exact same stuff, even though we've been here for so much. I mean, I know, I think it's like tw- there are 24 kids migrated have been yeah. here since kindergarten. Everybody else seems like they've been here since yeah, kindergarten. Yeah. And we've all just been thinking about those exact same things. Yeah. Like, what have we like brought to this school? What are we going to take away from the yeah. school? Like, I guess, like, what have we put into these walls? Yes. Even though new building, but what have we put into yeah, this place? Yeah, of course, I get your point. And I think it's just sometimes it's frustrating for a lot of students to kind of like come in and see like a whole new thing happening while we leave and not yeah. being able to experience sure. it. And I think that's what a lot of the backlash I, I, has been. I get of. that. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So what are some moments this year that you are proud of? And what are also on the other side of that, what moments do you wish you could have handled better? Yeah, that's a good question. The handle better is going to be the easier one to come up with. It always is. Uh, so what are the proud of moments? You know, I, I, I was proud. I've been proud of any moment I can get people together and have them enjoying one another's company, understanding how challenging that's been. So I, you know, I referenced the soccer, the soccer match again. I, I wish we could have gone, but I, I really had fun. Uh, I also think the, yesterday when we were all singing the alma mater yeah. in the auditorium, that, I mean, for the seniors at least, that was like, that was a big moment. For I'm us. glad you said that. Yeah, that, that was fun. I, it was just, it was fun to sit there and watch the school and students and faculty and staff alike. Uh, singing the alma mater, I, the soccer game was a heck of a lot of fun for me. Yeah. You know, just chilling with a couple lower school teachers and a couple students eating donuts one day was was a lot of fun. I, those are moments I, I really am proud of, I think. 
you know, there's some some individual moments for students that are designed to be individual, and I won't share details. But certainly, again, I, when I'm able to facilitate or when I have facilitated uh, that kind of growth, those are things I'm proud of. Gosh, the things I could do better. You know, the student center thing, I, I know that was a big thing at the beginning of the year. The, the underlying principle, again, I firmly believe in the idea that students have to co-create norms, I firmly believe in. Could I have discussed that differently? Could I have messaged that differently? Probably. I don't think the broader outcome I, I, I regret, but it was a tough way to start the year. So, so that was one I, I definitely could have managed better. You know, the, there's a really interesting tension at basketball games, and that was a bit of a moving target. I mean, again, but I, that's, the, all, that's every year. Yeah, now. no, that's, I know. The past but, four years, it's but still, I mean, that's still something where, where you know, I, I, I know that I can do better in supporting you all in being the kind of really energetic fans that you are, while again, thinking about the the norms that I hear you tell me that you believe in, whether or not it's particularly a phrase like that in particular. I guess there, there was probably a window of time in the fall where we could have done a senior trip like we did in the spring. And I guess I, I wish I'd better optimize that planning and done that then. I think that would have alleviated a lot of tension and would have felt good for the senior class. I, I mean, I, I I hope the trip was fun. It seemed like folks enjoyed it, what oh, we yeah, ended up doing. Yeah. And, and I, I think if that had happened in the fall, we would have all been better off. You all would have enjoyed it more and it would have been a nice building block. I mean, as you said, it's a way about the community coming together. Yeah, it, yeah. It's for growth. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's something. It would have been a difficult line to toe. I wish I had done a better job of not letting COVID mask compliance govern so many of my interactions or, or shape so many of my early interactions with students. Yeah. Again, I, I feel like I feel like we're we're working past that now or maybe we're past the no, we're on yeah, the way. Yeah. But if I had been more intentional about that, I wonder if that early relationship would have been a little less contentious in a way that would have made kind of this work on the back end a, a little bit easier and kind of the coming together a little bit easier. Yeah. And at the same time, I mean, who knows? You know, it, it could be that, you know, in the past five years since I've, I've been a senior admin, one year here and a few years somewhere else, I always think about the conversations I'm going to have with you all 10 years from now. Yeah, and we all come back. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, I, so I'm, I'm wondering what that's going to be. I, I wonder the degree to which it's going to be, hey, you remember how crappy COVID was and how nice and how my hope is, my genuine hope is that, and, and I don't know if this would be the case for everyone. My genuine hope is that, hey, you remember how crappy that start of the year was? But hey, we really came together as a group. Yeah. And by the end, it felt pretty good. That's my- that's, I And mean, we're already having those conversations. Yeah. Like, well, we I appreciate you saying that. Great. Yeah. No, that, that's my hope for the arc. Yeah. And then now finally, on a lighter note, what is one Netflix show or Hulu, wherever you watch that you recommend for others that you're watching right now? Oh, that's a great question. Actually, you know what? I really, I really enjoyed uh, only, is it only murders in the building or only murders in the building? I think it's no, only murders in the it. building. Gosh, who's in it? It's uh, Steve Martin. It's Martin Short. And it is a singer who I didn't know was an actress until recently but it's just funny and quirky and irreverent smart tina fey might be in it as well oh and there's there's one other there's one other actress again i'm forgetting her name but it but it's a blast i you know i would i would say that it's a it's a fun it's a fun show i i'd recommend folks give it give it a watch again it's, it's a little quirky and it may not be for everyone but but i i dig it well, if anyone wants to come in and talk to Mr. Prince about that and start their relationship, <laughs> now you yes, know what please. to do. Now yes, you know please. what to do. All right. Thank you so much for coming on to this episode. I really appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, stop in my office. I want to chat with you all. So thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Double Dutch. And again, a big thank you to Mr. Prince. We'll see you guys next time.